We've been talking about prayer the last few Sunday mornings, so we're going to do that again this morning. If we'll stand together, we'll look at the Word of the Lord and what it says in First Chronicles chapter number 4, verse number 9. It says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. That's very important because uh, prayers get answered when we live the right kind of life. And his mother, listen, more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel. No, he prayed. He called. He wanted to have an answer from the Lord. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Father, thank you for the illumination of the Holy Spirit on your word. So make it speak to us so it's transformational, changes our hearts and lives and direction. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I've been speaking to you about prayer that moves God. Prayer that moves God. You shouldn't just pray just to be praying. It's not a ritual. It's not reading out of a prayer book. You want to pray prayers that move God's heart. And there are many issues that need need God's attention in our lives and in our culture. And so I've been teaching a little bit about that on, on, on Wednesday nights and how important this is. We don't have to make flowery prayers. We don't have to pray in, in these and thous because God doesn't speak King James English. God speaks all languages. Amen? And, and you know, we're not being pompous when we pray. There are many issues we need God to help us with and problems and obstacles. So you learn to pray in such a way you gain and get the strategies that God has to deliver you, to help you, to restore you. To pray in such a way that your prayers are effective and you're not wasting time just saying words. And the word says that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers and God granted him his request because Jabez put God first. God heard and answered his prayers. And when your heart is postured in the right direction, God begins to move in your direction. But if your heart is not postured in the right direction with God, if your heart is not right with him, he can do very little to assist you in your dilemmas. If you desire your prayers to be answered, you have to begin by getting your heart in the right relationship with God, getting your life right, saying, God, I need to repent of very specific matters in my life. I need to put you first, not in general terms, but in very only, but very specific things that I do every single day. I need to start learning to put you first in that too. Father wants to answer the prayers of his people. He desires that. He goes to and fro in all the earth looking for hearts that are transparent and open to him. He wants to bless you exceedingly abundantly above that you all that you ask or think. But Father does not move unless somebody begins to pray. That's why some of us were here at prayer meeting and we'll be again this Saturday night because as I mentioned to you earlier, we've got a lot to pray about in the state, in our community. We were here to pray that God would hear our hearts. Praying will make your heart a servant's heart. One of the very first things that happens when you get up out of a session of prayer with the Lord is you have a servant's heart. God doesn't move just because we're born again. God moves because you use your faith in him and you trust in him. Now, you have to belong to the Lord. You have to know Father and know he has a destiny to, for you in all that you do. He wants you to achieve every goal, every dream, 
that he's placed into your heart, but not at the expense of you getting to live life any old way you choose to. God wants to meet your need, but he also wants you to put him first in your life. That's why I never stop encouraging you to be out on Sunday night, to be back on Wednesday. We're learning how to pray and believe the Lord. Make up your mind you're going to attend to be taught by your spiritual leader so that within the next 60 to 90 days, you can watch progress begin to develop in your life. Because when the word begins to get in you, it causes you to grow and to mature. And if you want all that God has for you, you have to pay a price. Just not going to drop in out of the sky. There's sacrifice. That's a tough word in our culture today. Sacrifice. Sacrifice means I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose not to do this, even though I can, even though it wouldn't kill me to do it or hurt me or send me to hell to do it. I can do it. But there are certain things I'm going to do because they're better for me to do than the other. So you need to be engaged. And if you do, you discover your destiny. It's not enough to walk through this life. You need to know why you're walking through this life. And unless you're in the Word and in His presence, you're not going to find your destiny. The Word says that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. In other words, Jabez conducted his life in such a way that he was integrous. He had a good reputation. He walked uprightly before the Lord. And God's Word says no good thing will God withhold from those who walk uprightly before Him. So if you want God to move in your life, you want Him to answer your prayers... Walk uprightly according to his will. And some say, well, you can just name it and claim it, and it's all going to drop into your lap. That's all that's required. Mm -mm. Yeah, you do want to confess. Yes, you want to put it in the atmosphere. But you are to have God working in your heart simultaneously. And if God is to answer your prayers, you have to walk uprightly, not just say words. So we need to stop being culturalized. Because the impact of our culture is changing us. And the scripture shows us that we are to have an impact like salt and light on our culture. And during the Welsh revival, it's amazing. Bars closed. Performance arts started to shrivel. The only sport they had in Wales at the time was soccer, and the stadiums were empty, and some of the players didn't show up. Because after 10 years of praying... Evan Roberts believed God was going to change the hearts of people in Wales, and God did, and God showed up, and people were more interested in being his presence and doing anything else in their lives, and they spent hours in his presence, and they all got up as servants of the Lord from their prayer times. Are you listening? Amen. I'm looking at God's word. The word honorable means to be ethical and true. Whenever Jabez gave his word, you could take it to the bank because he was a man of integrity and he did what he said. And we need to start living a life of integrity before the Lord. Do we bring him his tithe on Sunday? That's a matter of integrity. The whole purpose of the dating process while you're dating is to discover, do they have integrity or not? Because if they don't have integrity when they're single, Probably going to be a lack of that after you married them if there's not been a major change in the way they do life. But there, listen, there has to be, there was something about Jabez. He walked in excellence. His spirit was right. 
He walked in faithfulness. If you're not careful, here's what happens. You'll start out right. You begin correctly. You're in church in the morning. You're in church on Sunday night. And then you start showing up for study and learning on Wednesday. For too long, you're reduced down to only one service on Sunday, an a.m. service. For too long, if you're not careful, you're here every other Sunday. And if you're not careful, you're going to backslide. Because the enemy has a plan to get you to fall back to the mess that God brought you out of. Am I preaching right in here? Okay. You must walk in faithfulness and integrity. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. It means I've spent time in His presence. And I've learned through the years, unless you're praying, you won't remain faithful. Unless you're praying, you don't have a heart to serve. There's something about praying. It gets you trusting the Lord. It keeps you faithful to Him. And your integrity will determine how far God can bless you. If your heart is right, God will be able to bless you. That's why God will allow you to go through tests and trials to find out if you're going to walk in integrity. Have you ever been given back too much change at the store where you shopped? What do you do? Do you think, well, that's their mistake. It's mine now. Or do you think, no, I got to go back in there and make sure they have this back. It's called integrity. We need integrity in the body of Christ. We need people who walk in integrity with the Lord and uprightly and faithfully before him. There are times I've watched things go on in churches and I just blink and close my eyes and say, how can you have such a lack of ethic and lack of integrity and to do that kind of stuff? Integrity determines how far and how much God will bless your life. And if your heart is right, God can bless you. He allows you to go through trials and tribulations so he can discover what's really on the inside. But if, and so we can discover it too because when we discover it, then we know God wants to change it. But if you'll be faithful, if you'll keep putting God first, he will work things out in your life. But you, you come up from prayer with a servant's heart. Say servant. servant. I'm a servant of the Lord. Notice how often Jesus prayed. Notice his faithfulness to go before the Father to such a degree he got up from his prayers and he would say, I don't do anything, nor do I speak anything unless I first heard from my Father. And notice the things that he did following prayer. The first things he did, he went out and helped more people. He blessed them. He broke bread. He fed 5,000. He multiplied the loaves and the fishes. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. He delivered people from devils. Because when you come away from prayer with your father and you hear and know his heart, you're going to get up and want to serve. It seems churches used to serve more intensely than they do today. Sharing with their friends, bringing their other friends to church with them, inviting people, encouraging people in the marketplace. But now, in second, third, and fourth generations, we've become professional at church. We have great music, and we have technology, and we've got SUVs in the parking lot. But somehow, we've lost sight of what it means to be a servant. And what that means is that not everybody is going to be a preacher or a teacher, and you may feel a call in your life, but it doesn't mean you're going to be behind the pulpit. A call is for everyone to serve. Whether you're a greeter in the parking lot and you're helping people find their way, and it's more than just when they ask you, well, where is the children's department? It's more than just doing this. It's escorting them 
because they're guests to where it is. Listen, servants, every believer has a ministry gift to serve. Every believer. There are no exemptions from this one. Perhaps you'll never teach, but you can give of time, talent, treasure. Perhaps you'll never be on this platform, but you can be an encouragement. You can go to people and just let them know you care. You can do what Jim suggested earlier. You can sign up and you can help people whose hearts are broken because their loved one gave his or her life in defense of our freedoms and help them find that name and help them find the, make a rubbing. Loving people. There are all kinds of hurt and pain everywhere you turn today. If you take on the heart of a servant, instead of coming to church and checking the box, I did my duty. If you're not careful, coming to church is nothing but a ritual. Being the church instead of attending church means we serve like Jesus. That's what that means. There are many needs in the body, needs of ministry, because the majority of all the workers in most churches never amounts to more than 20% at the best. That's totally insufficient. We're a body. We're to love one another and serve one another because he designed us to function with one another. We need each other in the body of Christ. Each part is to function in serving. Each part. And it's God's will that every member of his body serve. That's not a suggestion. We're all called to serve in his kingdom because it takes all of us to get the job done. John said, John recorded Jesus, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. You have the same responsibility. So what can you do to serve? Well, at some point, you ought to get sick and tired of just coming to church saying, come on, pastor, preach, preach. At some time, you get sick and tired of just sitting there worshiping and listening to preaching and sitting waiting for something to change. At some point, you've got to get up off that seat and engage and become a servant. If it's nothing more than cooking a meal, giving an hour or two over the next few weeks, teaching some boys or girls on Wednesday night, being here when we have call time for setting some things up that we need strong backs and we need some people to assist us with or even in the outdoor setup it's the posture of your heart that's what makes me a servant the posture of my heart it's about taking on the heart of jesus the heart of a servant it's about saying god i want to serve because you served me you came loving me before you even cleaned me and he said the greatest among you shall be servant The greatest are not those who are always seen. The greatest are those who come to serve the Lord, doing whatever he's asked. Jesus put it like this. You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, then your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done for you. He became servant. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. God has to test our character before he will elevate us. Do I have a servant heart? Prayer creates a servant heart. Character is more important than success. It's more important than your position. God wants to know, can I trust you? He has to know what you do When you're out of town and there are no eyes keeping a watch over you, God has to know if you'll lie to cover up your failures 
Lord, help us in here. It's quiet, right? He has to know if you love him or your boyfriend the most. It's tight, but it's right. Amen, right? God has to find out if you will steal his tithe or not. He'll find out because God can only bless you as far as you can be trusted. And the word says, if you will walk upright before God, there's nothing good he will withhold from us. So he's looking for someone who's walking uprightly to bless. In God's kingdom, cheaters never win, and winners never cheat. If you want your prayers to move God, you're going to have to walk uprightly before him. You have to be faithful to him and his kingdom and his purpose. The word records of Jabez, he prayed, Oh God, that you would bless me, that you would enlarge my territory, that your hand would be upon me, and you would keep me from evil. And the word says God granted Jabez the things that he requested. Things, listen, things were not going too well for Jabez at that time. But everything turned around in his life when he called or prayed or sought the face of God. Let me say it like this. God doesn't bless us because we deserve it. He blesses his people because we pray and we have hearts that have humbled themselves before him. He blesses us because we choose to walk uprightly with him. He blesses us because we trust in his ability. Jabez began by asking God to bless him. Now, some people will say, that sounds like a selfish prayer he prayed to God. No, no, no. Because selfish people hurt other people. Jabez was not looking to hurt anybody, to best anybody. He was looking to become a greater blessing. And the word says, you have not because you ask not. That's prayer. I believe God will bless you beyond your wildest dreams when you begin to ask him in faith. If you will get your heart where it needs to be, I believe he will give you the desires of your heart because prayer makes our desires start lining up with his. What are the desires of your heart? You may not be there yet, but if you'll walk uprightly and take on the heart of a servant and get yourself faithful, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Know that it's God's nature to bless undeserving people. We don't deserve it. It's just simply God's nature to bless people in spite of our past failures. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you can ask anything in my word and in my name, and I'll give it to you. He also said, you can ask, but you keep on asking. You can knock, but you keep on knocking. What's he talking about? He's speaking of fellowship, faithful, regular, consistent relationship. He's not talking about quitting even though the answer hasn't come as you've expected it. Listen, God wants you to walk in blessing. Amen? You can't live any old way if you believe God is going to meet your needs and expect him to help you in life. Blessings don't come just because we call ourselves a Christian. If you begin to pray, God will do great things. If you keep on praying, he opens doors you'll never open in your life. Am I right in here? Jabez prayed, oh God, bless me indeed. So when you talk about God's blessing, you're talking about God's supernatural favor on your life. When you ask for his blessing, you're asking, God, would you favor me? And anytime anyone decides to put the Lord first, God's favor comes upon them. Anytime someone uses their faith in the Lord, Praying in faith, the prayer of faith. Notice prayer, faith. 
save the sick, and the Lord raises them up. Prayer and faith, asking for help, favor begins to move. That's why you have to lay the bong down. Well, it's legal. I don't care if it's legal. Is that the will of God in your life? Is that what you want to put in your temple? Is that how you want to alter your thinking and your chemistry? Does that want to make you dependent on something even stronger than that? No, you have to get some things in order in your life. That's why you must begin to walk uprightly before God. The reason you cannot afford to live any old way is because you need God's favor in your life. And since sin stops your blessing and prosperity, you have to determine, with his help, I will walk uprightly before my God. Now, that doesn't mean you're always perfect. Upright doesn't mean you never have a failure. It means when you do fail, you run to Abba, Daddy, and you get it forgiven and repaired. You get right back on track with him. Jabez walked uprightly before God. God answered his request. What areas of your life do you need to make corrections? Because when you pray, that's one of the things the Holy Spirit is going to do. He's, he's going to show us things to come. He's going to convince us of sin. What does that mean? He's going to, you need to correct this. Are you faithful? Are you a servant? Are you walking uprightly? Are you bringing God his tithe? Are you in, in church with the rest of the family? Are you studying to show yourself approved? I'm speaking of a whole lifestyle that God wants his people to live. We're called out to do that. And if you can walk upright and God's favor touches you, he begins to turn things around in your life. It doesn't take that long. Stuff starts turning around if you begin to listen to the word of the Lord that is being revealed to you today by the Spirit. If you are teachable and you say, okay, I'll make some changes, Holy Spirit, with your help. I'll begin to walk uprightly. And it will not take long for his favor to arrive. If you're walking uprightly, because it takes about <clears throat> three weeks to adjust to new prayer habits where you become consistent and regular and faithful. Instead of you pray one day, you miss two. You pray another day, you miss three. No, you pray every day. Well, that's hard. Well, it was for Daniel too, since he was second in command of the greatest empire on the planet, and he managed to do it three times a day and never stopped doing it for 70 years, from the time he was 15 to the time he was 85. And even when it cost him a death sentence in the lion's den, it still didn't stop him from praying. And because he prayed, God revealed to him what he needed to know. And that's why the greatest kings in the world at the time wanted only Daniel at his, at his, at his right hand to help him make decisions. Praying, listen, three continuous weeks of consistent prayer will be hard weeks for everybody because for three weeks you're going to be implementing a new approach to life. But after three weeks pass, the next three weeks will become the easiest three weeks you've ever lived because once those are in place and you've changed habits from bad to good, all of a sudden you're going to watch God begin to turn your life around. When you make sacrifices for the Lord, he opens doors for you you could never open. When you journey through this life, people are going to hurt you. Things are going to go wrong. 
You can't let bitterness grow inside of you. You just forgive people and go on trusting God with the rest of your life. When you forgive others, he causes favor to come on you. He commands his blessings to come on you. When you put him first, his blessings track you down wherever you go. And people can talk about you, but they can't stop you from the blessing of God. And when you put God first, no devil will ever be able to stop you from being blessed. No man can stop you from being blessed. And no amount of trouble will stop you from the blessing of God if you put him first. And whatever you hold against others, God will hold against you. Whatever you release others from, God releases you from. Is that true? You bet it's true. Because, you know, we've talked about the unpardonable sin. And Jesus refers to it in Scripture where we do something that so offends the Holy Spirit that he never, never comes back. But how about this one? Where God and Jesus says, when you forgive people their trespasses, my Father forgives you of yours. When you refuse to forgive people their trespasses, my Father will not forgive you of yours. The reason you have to let go of the past is because God wants to take you to new places in the future. Tell somebody, I'm ready for a new thing. Amen? It's simple. We don't deserve to be forgiven, yet God forgave us. Now we need to forgive others who don't deserve it as well. There's some prayers God cannot answer until you've forgiven the people who hurt you. And when you forgive people, and you let go of those issues, the favor of God begins to bless you. When you have favor, favor will show you how to take a little and stretch it to make it cover the rest of the month. Favor will bring to you advantage. Favor will cause even those who don't know Jesus to bless you. You might feel you're justified in being angry over what happened. You feel they don't deserve to be blessed. You feel life has treated you unfairly. You cannot afford to take any chances by tying God's hands because you hold on to unforgiveness. You need to let go of the past and hold on to the promises that God made to you. So you get back to praying faithfully. There's an anointing that comes on you when you serve. Because as it was with Jesus, when he got up from his prayer sessions with the Father, he was anointed. And everywhere he went, he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the, of the devil, for God was with him. I know those who used to serve in music, they had tremendous anointing on their ministry. Now they've shelved their gift, and the anointing has lifted from their life. Jabez prayed, enlarge my territory. Now, I, I don't know what Jabez was specifically asking for. It doesn't show us. Property, larger herds, larger family, influence. Could be any, any one of those or all of those. We need to be praying for God to enlarge the territory of our church for more souls in the kingdom. We should be a great soul-winning church. That's why we're here. Not for us, for others. At one time, people used to witness at work. They used to bring their friends from work to God's house. They'd lead them to the Lord, even at the workplace. Now, most rarely invite anybody to church. It's, you know, comfortable, status quo, apathetic, no urgency, even though the world around us is showing us signs of the return of Jesus 
And we're just kind of like, we have super services, super guest speakers, super things that happen here on this platform, but only a handful to help us bring more people to know Jesus. And it shouldn't be like that. Churches have prayer meetings that were huge. And you could hardly get in. People would be lined up before services to get in before the doors opened. Now we have a handful who show up to pray. I pray that in the name of Jesus, the comfortable spirit is broken over every life here at Calvary Christian Center. I pray in the name of Jesus, we get back to serving get back to the heart of the master, winning others, changing the culture, doing what God called the body of Christ to do. Salt and light, difference makers. Jabez looked at his life and thought, I want to do more with my life than what I'm doing. And let me ask you, do you want to do more with your life than what you're doing now? There has to be more than just going to work, coming home, eating dinner, and going to bed. God didn't make you to just survive. Surely God didn't make you to live on barely get along street. Surely God doesn't want you broke, busted, and disgusted all your life, but to find a place to serve. And you're not going to find your destiny until you find a place to serve. It's rough in here, yeah, but it's the truth of God's word. Prayer. Prayer. Serving helps you find your purpose. Because prayer changes your heart into a servant. Your purpose is not just about making money for selfish purposes. It's to make money, and if it is, it's to bless God's work. Your destiny and reason for being in the body is something God made only you to do, and you're uniquely made to fit in and serve. Are you willing to fulfill his destiny in your life? Each needs to find a place to serve in the body of Christ. And if Jabez were alive today, he might have asked God to bless and direct his investments, to multiply his efforts and his influence. He might have said, God, use me for your glory. The church should be praying today, God, use us for your glory. We should be asking God to use our one and only lives for his glory and his kingdom. Jabez prayed, God, enlarge my territory. Listen, if you love the Lord, you have the right to ask him, enlarge my territory, enlarge my business, enlarge my ministry. You have opportunity to say, Lord, enlarge my options. Use my life for your glory. Help me to make a difference in the lives of others. Everybody say, enlarge my territory. Because we need to have that happen. Well, the sands have gone through the hourglass of my life, Pastor. And there's less at the top than there is at the bottom. And therefore, I'm dialing it back. Where do you read that in the Scripture? You are now just reaching the place where the giftings God's given you, you should have honed and toned and perfected, so you should be more effective. I mean, you should, you should have been on the knife sharpener all these years until that, that knife can slice a piece of paper in half with just a swish because you have been so sharpened by your wisdom and the presence of God that is active in your life. We each have territory, but the longer we serve the Lord, the more we should want to do, not less. For a while, this territory's okay. For a while, the storefront was okay. We could be content, but after a while, you want to do more. You want to expand the scope. You want to 
push back the horizon. So you pray, Lord, enlarge my territory. And what do you do as God enlarges your territory? Now you have to say, Lord, I know this means I've got to make some changes in my life. Because now you've got to adjust to the larger ability of influence you have. In order to enlarge your territory, you have to involve more people in your circle and build it larger so you can get incrementally more done instead of trying to do it all by yourself. Now you've got others that you've mentored and taught, and they're duplicating what you've learned to do, ones that were never included before in your circle. And sometimes God has to push us to do that because we just get so stinking comfortable that we won't budge unless he kicks us in the pants and makes it uncomfortable. When was the last time you asked somebody of a different color to go to lunch? Almost as quiet in this one as it was in the first one. When was the last time? Just a thought. How about enlarging your circle? Uh, by the way, it's going to be that way when we stand before Jesus. Uh, you might as well get used to it and get over it. You're not going to have segregated places to go do your worship with Jesus. The whole body of Christ should assemble on Sunday and love the Lord together and honor God. When's the last time you broke bread with somebody of a different culture? Enlarge your territory. You're paying your tithes. God's blessed your life. After a while, money is money. It doesn't excite you. Money can certainly open doors, and it's needed, but money alone won't make you happy. When you say, God, enlarge my territory, it's got to mean more people, more souls, touching more lives, right? Make no mistake, the more God blesses you financially, the more influence in the kingdom you should be having. The more your territory is expanded, the more opportunities to bless people. That's influence that we're blessing others because God's given us abundance. I'll never forget that moment in that office that day when I was saying thanks. Don't thank me. Thank God, right? God gave it to me to give. That's why I have it. The more opportunities to be a blessing, you need to influence others for Jesus. And when God starts blessing you, your influence should get larger. As long as you remain on a little patch your influence remains tiny. So you ask him, enlarge. There are more people you can touch, more people I can influence. Every week I ask God, give me larger opportunity for ministry. Help me to improve my ability to serve. Help me to do a better job delivering your word. And because of this prayer, we're making adjustments later this year to improve our ability to reach more people. We're not going to continue as we've been. And at some point you have to say, there's more to ministry than just showing up for a church service. We have the best large highway property in all of Yuba City. It's the finest piece of property you'll ever lay your eyes on in the city limits. We have the opportunity to become a regional church that touches the whole county. Lord, enlarge our territory. There are thousands of people who have yet to be brought into the kingdom. And you're asking God to move in your life when you ask God to enlarge your territory. That's what you're asking God to do. Great miracles start to happen. So who's ready for God to bless your life? But to be blessed, there has to be change. Prayer. Faithfulness to prayer. 
getting up from there and serving, hmm. working on issues, because the Holy Spirit will come and convince us that needs to change. That's what happens when we pray. Hey, man, we've got to fix this. Well, this doesn't please the Father. So, because if you keep doing what you're doing, you're just going to have the same old results. And Jabez prayed that your hand would be with me. Unless God's hand is with you, you're not going to do well. Unless God's hand is with you, your enemy will prevail. Enemy of depression, of loneliness, enemy of fear and discouragement overtaking you. Once God expands your territory, you're going to need the hand of God on your life more than ever. The more God blesses you, the more you need his protection. And the more God uses you, the more you have to dwell in the secret place of the Most High, which is my prayer closet. Because you see, you're going to have enemies coming at you. And he said, if you'll abide in me, even if a thousand fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, they won't touch you. The more he blesses you, the more dependent you become on him. <laughs> That's what I learned. The more he blesses, the more dependent I am. Because like a child, when you take your child for the first time to a swing set and there's a straight slide and you've got to get real quickly to the bottom and the other parent pushes the child and they come down the slide by his or herself. But when you put them on a larger slide and the slide is a twisting slide, they may go, ah. The Lord wants you to know, don't be afraid. You went down the small slide. Now we're on the big slide. Don't be frightened of the slide because you, you've not been given a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind. Amen? God has his hand on you. You're more than a conqueror because if you let fear, it will paralyze you. And God's speaking to somebody here. If you begin a daily prayer regimen, God will move in your life. If you take on a servant's attitude, God will move on your behalf. And Father will come alongside and help you overcome whatever slides you're facing. When you get serious with God, God gets serious with you. Ask the Father, would you come slide with me? He's simply asking, waiting for you to ask him. But if you get stubborn, then God will let you do your thing. And uh, you'll come tumbling down the slide. And you'll figure out you can't do it without him. Now, all glory be to God who is able through his mighty power to work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So you pray and you commune. You ask for wisdom. Some Christians make such unwise decisions. You need the wisdom of God in your life. You remember what the wise man said in the book of Proverbs? It's like an old song out of the 60s. The wise man said, Wisdom, when you find her, never let her go. So somebody made a song out of that, made millions of dollars. When you find her, never let her go. God, give me the spirit of wisdom that I may know the hope of your calling in my life. Our mission is too big without the help of God. We need to rely on his ability. And all of us need to use our giftings in the body of Christ at Calvary Christian Center. We need those blessed to be a blessing. Jabez prayed, Lord, keep me from evil. And if you're going to live a blessed life, you need to walk away from things that will corrupt your character. The more God gives you, the greater will be the temptations. So you stay in communion and you stay in prayer and you know always are going to be a servant no matter how high you climb. Stay away from evil 
God wants to bless you. And the word says that Jabez's mother named him such because she bore him in pain. His name means the one who causes pain. How would you like to start out like that? I know who you are. You're the one who causes pain. Welcome to our classroom today. In Bible days, your name defines your future. Parents would give children names that would forecast, by God's help, who who they were to become. Today we call kids names we can't even pronounce, let alone know what they mean. You ought to name your children in ways that define them prophetically for the future. Quit telling your kids you're never going to amount to anything. Quit telling your kids they're no good. That's negative prophecy. Begin to prophesy good over your children. So Jabez made up his mind, I'm going to overcome the prophecy of my name. And no matter what people call you, with God beside you, you can change your name. And when you commit it all to the Lord, he gives you power to overcome, to change your future, no matter what the past looked like. The end result of Jabez, he walked out of his past. He walked into a new future, holding the hand of his father. And he went on to be blessed, to be a blessing. So no matter your past, God called you to a royal priesthood. He's called you a holy nation. He made you more than a conqueror. He made you an overcomer. You were once a victim. You are now victorious. So stand and celebrate the goodness of the Lord. Hallelujah. We bless you, Jesus. You're good.